Hello there. My name is Father John Harrison. I am a rector superior of St. John Newman Residence at Stella Maris in Timonium, Maryland. There is apparently a surprising feature about today's gospel passage. Jesus is quite ready to concede that many of the false prophets will do and say wonderful and impressive things. We must remember what the ancient world was like. Miracles were common events. The frequency of miracles came from the ancient idea of illness. In the ancient world, all illness was thought to be the work of demons. A person was ill because a demon had succeeded in exercising some malignant influence over him or in edging away into some part of his body. Cures were therefore brought about by exorcism. The result of all this was a great deal of illness was what we would call psychological, as were a great many cures. If a person succeeded in convincing or deluding himself into a belief that a demon was in him or had him in his power, that person was undoubtedly be ill. And if someone could convince him that, he, that the hold of the demon was broken, then quite certainly that person would be cured. The leaders of the church never denied heathen miracles. In answer to the miracles of Christ, Celsus quoted the miracles of tribute to Asculapios and Apollo. Origen, Origen, who met his arguments, did not for a moment deny these miracles. He simply answered, Such curative power is of itself neither good nor bad, but within the reach of the godless as well as of honest people. Even in the New Testament, we read of Jewish exorcists who added the name of Jesus to their repertoire and who banished devils by its aid. There was many a charlatan who rendered a lip service to Jesus Christ and who used his name to produce wonderful effects on demon-possessed people. What Jesus is saying is that if any person uses his name on false presents, pretenses, the day of reckoning will come. His real motives will be exposed and he will be banished from the presence of God. There are two great permanent truths within this passage. There is only one way in which a person's sincerity can be proved, and that is by his behavior. Fine words can never be a substitute for fine deeds. There is only one proof of love, and that proof is obedience. There is no point in saying that we love a person and then doing things which break that person's heart. When we were young, maybe we used, used sometimes to say to our mothers, Mother, I love you. And maybe mother would sometimes smile a little, a little wistfully and say, I wish you would show it a little more in the way you behave. So often we confess God with our lips and deny him with our lives. It is not difficult to recite a creed, but it is difficult to live the Christian life. Faith without practice is a contradiction in terms, and love without obedience is an impossibility. 
At the back of this passage is the idea of judgment. All through it, there runs a certainty that the day of reckoning comes. The person may succeed for long in maintaining the pretenses and the disguises, but there there comes a day when the pretenses are shown for what they are, and the disguises will be stripped away. We may deceive people with our words, but we cannot deceive God. Thou discernest my thoughts from afar, said the psalmist in Psalm 139. No one can ultimately deceive God who sees the heart. That's our message for today. May God bless you, and till next time.